0: Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers.
1: All right, welcome back, Brewer fans. This is Craig, uh, the Brewer Crew Podcast, and joining me today are our host Vince, and Scott is back after a long hiatus. How's it going,
2: Scott? Uh really good. Um do you know is Chad actually gonna be here or I don't know. I haven't <laughs> we, <laughs> we thought that you know. two you were, were we actually thought me. I thought we thought that but... you and Chad were hanging out actually, Scott. Uh I think maybe our lines got crossed a little bit. Um possibly a miscommunication. Uh, Chad was supposed to be filling in for me the last couple of weeks. I do apologize for that. Hey, Craig,
0: can you make sure that you've got uh, Scott the intern playing that music, like that reintroduction music, and Scott to the podcast, so uh, West Ellis knows that he's here?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Chad said something about last night. I talked to him, he said that he's actually joined every single podcast since our inception of the podcast. He said that he just gets stuck in the waiting room most of the time from
0: the oh. oh, so because he said he's been in some kind of perpetual zoom waiting room
2: but... that's a strong possibility actually
0: yeah zoom has got a lot of flaws
1: so. so i mean scott you know still figuring out all these stuff so we'll well, get- usually our was-
2: interns do this but we fired them all because we had to cut costs because of all this COVID and stuff so i don't yeah. know they yeah we got him yeah, so cheap gonna... last year because they worked for minor league teams.
0: So that explains Chad's absence for the last two and a half years because I know that originally he was very concerned about COVID even before there was COVID. So he wanted to do everything on Zoom. He didn't want to come into the studio live. So yeah. that explains
2: it. That's yep. fair. Absolutely. Well, whatever you got to do, I guess. Well, maybe we should talk a little bit of Brewers. We should uh, do, yeah, that. Let's do that. Yeah,
0: let
1: that. So um, it's been an interesting off season. Scott, you had some information about the Brewers that's kind of interesting um, in our pre-production meeting here that you mentioned something about h- how good was the Brewers' offense last year?
2: Um, I know people are going to get mad on what, like, how you say, like, how you rank offense, like, by stats. But if you were just looking at just good old-fashioned batting average, we had the worst team batting average in, in our franchise history. We hit two twenty three as a team
0: really like, really yeah Scotty, i did I, I truly didn't know that i i missed part of the pre-production meeting um i i did not know that what was the what was the final batting average 233
2: 223 i think our worst before that was like 229 yeah it was it's not good let's put it that way i mean but if you're looking at like ops or something like that it's not the worst but it was still pretty horrific so i'm just kind of glad that we're bringing in stal- like offensive stalwarts like travis shaw back that on a Really <laughs> hopefully jump start this.
0: Well this and team. I I know I know Craig was all for that signing, but we should we should definitely have that as a discussion here. Craig, do you want to break the news here to, to Brewers fans about our last week of transactions? I know you're a big fan of both uh the Brewers re signing Travis Shaw and re signing uh Brett Anderson as well. Yeah, no. I'm not a fan of that. Um
1: Yeah, so I guess we'll start with Brett Anderson. Uh, obviously, there were some nice arms out there, like Tyrone Walker to sign with the Mets for two years, $10 million, which is reasonable enough for a young pitcher with some upside still. But uh, instead, we hit the bargain bin again and brought back Brett Anderson, who, again, um, is not a bad seventh starter for um, whenever you need one. And then uh, Travis Shaw we signed because we have no one to really play first or third base. So... Apparently, um, yeah, that's wonderful.
0: I'll let you guys give I guess I'll
2: take on that. It, it is slightly disappointing, I guess, that um, – I mean, you don't really necessarily want to see retreads of people that not only, like, I guess were good at, at one point with the Brewers, but uh, haven't been good for a while. And, and, unfortunately, that's where Travis Shaw falls in. I wouldn't exactly call him, like, the igniter to jumpstart this offense. But um, – I, I mean, I looked around like there were obviously decent free agents out there, but there certainly aren't any more. I mean, the next best option for our team is probably just bringing back Jed Jerko, which wouldn't surprise me if we did that. I mean, I guess we don't know if Stearns is actually done, but if this is what we're bringing, uh, I don't know. I mean, the only good thing that I can say is that looking back at last year, Almost every one of our players, especially our hitters, underachieved. And so you just kind of have to hope that if even a third of these guys have a bounce back year, our offense is going to be better. And that's good. But at the same time, this is a team that, albeit they made the playoffs last year, but they finished under 500. They finished fourth in the division. And uh, it, we're not really doing enough to make me as a Burr fan uh, think that that this is going to be a team that has any kind of hopes of like going deep in a, in a playoff run.
0: Yeah, Scott, I, I, I echo some of your comments here. I, I will just say, you know, I one of the things with Shaw's deal that did stand out is that it's not guaranteed. There's an opt-out uh, I think on both sides by March 15th. So this could be a very short-lived thing if we were to resign Jorko Jer- uh, or um, somehow acquire another third baseman via trade. So uh, we're not on the hook for a ton. I think that uh, the total maximum value of the deal is $3 million if Shaw um, is still with the team and is on the major league roster. So it's it's a deal that does have minimal risk uh, to the Brewers. I guess my question is, are we done? And uh, to one of the points that you just made, though, and I think this is a bigger bigger problem, and I, I, I say this thinking that David Stearns has done an overall very good job as the Brewers GM, but I do think that um, it, it bears noting that it seems like the Brewers wait until very late in the offseason traditionally under his tenure to make moves and it seems to eliminate a number of possibilities uh, kind of off the board. And I, I, you know, sometimes you get value with that where guys like Yasmani Grandal or Mike Moustakis signed with the Brewers because they didn't get what they wanted uh, on the, on the market um, when more teams may have been involved in the bidding. But I think it also limits us a little bit too, in the sense that guys come off the board and now all of a sudden we're left with, you know, we, we kind of knew if, as fans that even uh, that there were only oh, so many third basemen that were available in the free agent market come in the last week or two. And you know, it was michael Franco. It was, it was, uh, Jake Lamb or it was going to be Jed Jorko or Travis Shaw, you know, and, and if we would have done this a, a couple of months ago and kind of been more proactive, maybe in looking at their base, we might've been able to to pick somebody else up. Um, so it just sometimes seems like Stearns almost waits too long, uh, at times, but, uh, I'd love to get your take on that from both of you guys.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like sometimes it works out, like you said, with the Grandel and we get a bargain. But I think um, also, you know, those years, I think we were willing to spell up, spend a little bit more. I think that was the 2019 year uh, season where we, uh, or prior to the 2019 MLB season uh, where we signed Grandel at a, you know, one year deal, which, you know, he was obviously out there looking for multiple year deals and it didn't come to fruition. So he signed one year with us. So, I just think that unfortunately the Brewers probably did cut back the budget quite a bit this year, like you alluded to. So it is what it is. And and like you said, these are no risk moves. I mean, we could cut and bait on these guys and move on with someone else if need be. And so obviously um, Fred Anderson's is a major league deal one year, 2.5 million. But again, that's something you could absorb. And the Travis Shaw deal like you just pointed out, Vince is actually only a minor league deal. If he if he isn't going to make the team, he, you know he he'll be cut without without being able to you know lose anything for that. So again, they're kind of no risk moves and uh, and interesting about the Shaw thing because well the guy I wanted um, was a, has a similar, admittedly does have a similar profile. that for Shaw was Jake Lamb, left-handed batter that uh, is just entering his thirties. Had some success in the past was actually an all star, unlike Shaw. But, um, you know, he has experience at first and third, his bats left handed, and that's what we needed. He was actually able to sign a major league deal with the Braves today, and Shaw with us signed a minor league deal. So, I think that was a key. Obviously, uh, who knows, we might have kicked the tires on Lamb, and he said he wanted a major league deal, and we weren't comfortable with it. So, that's why we defaulted to Shaw. I'm not saying I know that, but it could have happened. And, and so, these are the type of things that. Unfortunately, the Brewers. um, It kind of just looks like, you know, they are hitting the bargain bin again. There's no other way around it, I guess. Just like last off Did you get
0: any? Craig, uh, uh, Craig, did you get any indication that that was the case? That we had actually made a deal or uh, made an offer to to Shaw from our anonymous source, Tom Carter?
1: Um, no. I mean, TC did make an offer to Shaw, but I don't. TC said he did, not have, he did not have any inside knowledge whether or not the, Jake Lamb was even on the Brewer's radar. And that doesn't surprise me because that's what I like, so I wouldn't expect the Brewer's to be interested. So
2: Tom actually okay. said that he – I know he always said, like, to go by, like, Tom C. or T. Carter. And he actually I, – I think last time I spoke to him, he was a little bit upset. I, I think he feels like maybe he's not that anonymous of a source anymore. Um, so he said just <laughs> eliminate the initials altogether. And I'm like, well, Tom, that's oh. what we do. We say Tom Carter. So I, I don't. Well, that's I don't yeah, know what exactly. he wants. Uh, again, yeah, another miscommunication. But yeah. I, I guess to put a bow on it, kind of, um, I'll say Brett Anderson. Like, fine, whatever. Two and a half million. Nothing to write home about. I don't care. But um, uh, Shaw, if he's like, if Travis Shaw is our opening day third baseman, then I'm. I'm very disappointed, but if he is, like, if he does take that minor league deal, if he's, like, um, you know, creating depth for us so that if if somebody that we do actually sign winds up getting injured, we can bring in a guy like Sean, then all of a sudden, hey, that's not so bad, but um, I really that's a good point, Scott. <laughs>
0: that, that's a really good point, Scott, and I guess to beg the question that I'll draw to you guys right now is... Are, are we done? Like, are we done making moves this offseason? Does our does our offseason uh, end with re-signing Travis Shaw, re- re-signing Brett Anderson, picking up Robertson as a utility infielder, and bringing in Colton Wong? Like, is that our is that our offseason? We we
1: forgot to mention two other quick moves. Um, I guess before I answer that. And that's we did sign to another minor league contract, uh Jordan Zimmerman this week, uh who is of course uh oh yeah Wisconsin native yeah. that graduated from UW Stevens Point. Um and so um that's interesting at least for depth purposes. And then uh we actually traded for the Blue Jays fourth outfielder, um, Derek Fisher. Um, I'm assuming we're gonna use him as a fourth outfielder if he makes a team. But um yeah, so th- those are two other moves. And I, I, my question, my answer to your question, Vince, is yes, I think we are done.
0: And, and Scott, just so you know, uh, Travis Shaw was on the team the last time that you were on a podcast with us, and he is now on the team again when you come back.
2: Oh, perfect. It's like I didn't Thank miss you. a beat. <laughs>
0: uh, Scott what do you think are we done this off-season?
2: I think
1: you meant Brett Anderson was on the team and he is again
2: right?
0: <laughs> Travis Shaw and Brett Anderson
2: <laughs> well um, you know what I know it's hard but it's been a long year for everyone but I don't think we're done however when you look at the third base situation unless there's some kind of crazy trade that happens like there's just there's nobody out there at this point i know they said we kind of you know threw our hat in the ring for justin Turner. i don't think there was any chance he was ever coming here um unless we paid so grossly over what he's worth um i, I just didn't see it happening so and seeing, the, seeing I mean, the price
1: tag that the Dodgers paid i'm kind of happy they didn't because i i would not have paid that much but anyway
2: well, right Yeah, I mean, there's just, there's no, you know, there's just no magic bullet to fix, like, third base. It's just not going to happen, unfortunately. And not only that, but, like, we still have issues at shortstop. Um, I don't know. I guess our plan is to have Kesson here play first, and I'm not real sure how that's going to work out, hopefully better than it worked at second. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's – it's a difficult year.
1: <laughs> well, and, and I guess this is a question: like, is it a good or bad thing for the Brewers that there's no decent NL because we really don't even have enough headers to field our, 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 you know, starting. Anyway, <laughs> so um, yeah. One thing I guess the question I'll throw out there to you guys is, I mean, I don't think that. Travis Shaw was signed to be our starting third baseman. In fact, I'd even go as far as I don't think that we even plan on being a strong side of a platoon as a left-handed hitter with, uh, with Luis Urias. I, I really think that we, we plan on giving Urias as much in the starts at third as possible with uh, Arcea, of course, coming back for shortstop. I mean, r c can play anywhere, you know, third, short, or second, but like with the saying of Wong and with Arcia coming back, really the only place for him that makes sense with it bats is third base. And he's a right-handed hitter. So, I mean, you've got him platooning with Shaw potentially, but I really think that uh, it'll be more of a backup situation for Shaw. Uh, some spot starts against, some, you know, strong right-handers, obviously. But that's my feeling at least. And also, obviously, you have him with the experience of, also being able to play first base so he could back up in case the, you know, Hira or Vogelbach can't defensively play first base at all. At least you have Shaw there. So I I think that's why it kind of makes sense.
2: Yeah, why not? I mean, I don't know. I mean, at this point, like, we – I hate to say it, but I I always keep just – it always comes back to me that Stern said that he was trying to, like, build this team into like a hundred win team. And um, unfortunately I haven't seen that the last two off seasons. And so I know that like, obviously these are weird times that we're living in now. And like, we don't have the, maybe the payroll that we thought we would, but it's still a little bit frustrating, I guess, but Hey, why not? We'll see how it goes. I mean, like I said, there's going to be some people that bounce back on this team and we're—I I really don't think that we're done yet. I wouldn't be surprised if if the starting third or uh, shortstop wasn't even on this team yet. It Wouldn't surprise me. I think at least one of them is, but I wouldn't be surprised if we made some kind of a trade. But who knows?
1: I just had a funny thing coming to my head, like I of left field, and I sorry about the—at least it's a baseball analogy. Scott to cut off, but uh. You know, with Ryan Braun is kind of the casualty of the DH not happening in the NL this year, it looks like. And so Brewer fans, obviously, probably one of the greatest Brewers of all time, Um, stat-wise, obviously, such a long time with the team. And, um, you know, obviously, um, he's not able to come back now because there's really no spot in the roster for him to play. Um, An interesting thing, though, I just thought that you and Scott, Vincent Vince Scott, you guys actually may have been the last Brewer fans to see Ryan Braun play as a
0: Brewer in the field. Isn't that, isn't that crazy, Craig? At the, wow. at the wild card game yeah.
1: in Washington D.C., right?
0: Yeah, the Washington D.C. in 2019, no fans allowed in 2020. Yeah, Scott, that uh, that, that could have been it for him. I, so I don't I know, his last at but...
1: I assume that you guys gave him, like a little bit of standing all
2: right.
0: I mean, we were just very tense at that time, to be honest. Both of us were pretty in, in, tensed up.
2: Well, we knew Braun was coming back next year. We just didn't know that there was going to be like, I don't know, a worldwide <laughs> apocalypse or something. So.
0: Yeah, the <laughs> pandemic. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it, yeah. Uh, at that point, we were a couple uh, very nervous Brewer fans, I would say, but. No, you know, Craig, that's a great point. I I still think that if Braun wants to come back, the Brewers will somehow find a way to get him on this roster. And and that even could come in the form of releasing a guy like Daniel Vogelbach. I don't know if that's going to be something, though, that Braun's interested in. It seems to me like this entire offseason, Braun has been the one who's been more hesitant to commit to playing baseball again. Um, I I will go on record and say I don't think he's going to come back with any other team besides the Brewers. I think it's either the Brewers or retirement um, at this point. And I think that – he just seems very content. I, that being said, you never know. And he's a guy who traditionally has uh, really hated spring training, it seems like. He's been, you know, a guy who will sit out a lot of spring uh, exhibition games or take one at bats and then go, go and do his thing in the cage or just, you know, on the bench or whatever. He just doesn't need a lot of time to get ready. And I think that, um, you know, if Ron does resign with Milwaukee, it's going to be like maybe a week or two before opening day. It's not going to be right now. Yeah, I
1: never really knew that. Ryan Ron hates spring break. I, the, the, I guess it' not, not my kind of
0: guy. <laughs> he might like
2: spring break. I mean, not as much as, you know. did I
0: say spring break? <laughs> no. I no. never told you guys this,
2: but, but I
1: actually love spring training and attending spring training as much as I like spring break back in the day. So, anyway, but no, uh, sad, sad casualty. Sad casualty. Say
0: back in the day as if it's not like something you're planning in like two weeks from today, Craig.
1: Yeah, that's probably canceled. I already checked into it. But
0: anyway, um,
1: sad. And and so anyway, hopefully Ryan Braun hasn't had his last set bad as Milwaukee Brewer. But if so, you guys may have witnessed it. I'm not sure. So anyway, um, I guess the, the next thing, uh, do you guys have any comments on the Jordan Zimmerman signing? And I guess your initial reactions to that?
2: I co-host a podcast, so I'm obligated to have some form of an opinion, I guess, but um, it's Scott, about did the most... your
1: alma mater?
2: One
0: of yours? Scott, you star, you star in a podcast.
2: I don't care if he was my dad. Like, I, <laughs> he's not good at baseball. <laughs> I mean, he was, but... Like, he was in 2014. He was awesome. <laughs> don't get me wrong. There are only a handful of people in the world who have accomplished what Jordan Zimmerman has from a major league standpoint unfortunately though that's a uh fading star at this point that um i i'm not the least bit excited about it he i don't think he's been i uh, i don't think he's been able to pitch the way he's wanted to for five years <laughs> so
0: well i and i think that his contract was probably one of the most disastrous contracts in tiger's team history uh that's for sure i you know Again, it's just like the Shaw signing, or even like the Anderson signing. The Brewers made uh, a very minimal risk in bringing a guy like that into camp. So it kind of reminds me of when Giovanni Giardu came back in the Brewers camp. I think it was in the spring of 2019, 18. I forget now, but uh, this guy, your interns can look it up. But um, it, you know, it was a it was a, a a deal that didn't cost the Brewers anything. And we've done this with veteran pitchers in the past. Uh, guys who never put on an, a Brewer's uniform for an actual game. Dontrell Willis comes to mind. Uh, there's been others as well. Um, so, I, you know, if he pitches lights out in the spring training and the, he wants to stay in the organization, uh, fine. If he ever contributes anything to me, it's just a complete bonus and we didn't risk anything. So why not?
2: And even if you bring in, like, I guess – veterans that even if they used to be good and they're not particularly good anymore and you bring them in the spring training and they have like a great clubhouse presence and a great work ethic, like, and, and they don't make the team. That's a win. I mean, that's somebody that, you know, potentially is, is going to be able to mentor these younger players and that's always a good thing. So
0: there, there was a spring, I think it was 2010 when the Brewers uh, brought in Trot Nixon Uh, to come into spring training camp, and he did not make the opening day roster. I think he was the last player cut before opening day, but Ken Maka, the the manager at the time, talked uh, about what a positive influence he had on a lot of the Brewers' younger players, and uh, so that's a great point, Scott. I didn't even think about it from that perspective, but, um, you know, even in that couple weeks, it's almost as though you're gaining a coach who, if he's good enough, could still help you on the field, Uh, but if they're a veteran who's Got that kind of reputation, and I'm not saying that Jordan Zimmerman does, because to be honest, I I don't know, but he certainly does have the MLB experience to impart some wisdom, and um, you know, it's a good story. He grew up a Brewers fan, and he and he was very good at one point uh, in time. So again, I, I think that on these types of deals, I don't I don't get too worked up about it. Uh, you know, in the sense that I don't think the Brewers are risking anything. I don't think that there's any real real uh, problem with doing something like this. So I'm I'm all for the Brewers bringing in a guy like Zimmerman and just. Seeing what he's got, seeing what happens.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's always a smart idea, especially like you never know when uh, you know with injury to occur to someone too, just to have that depth going in spring training so that you could, you know, uh, have them make the team if necessary. And Zimmerman does is a nice veteran with a track record, and of course with a Wisconsin ties too. I, I really didn't have any problem with the, with the signing. Um, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't get excited. At, as excited as I would if the birds would have signed my dad, on like or Scott's dad for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Uh, I got a quick question for you guys. Um, do you think that Keston Hero then will be our starting first baseman uh, on our opening day our opening day lineup this year?
0: Sure, sounds like it. I mean, what? Yeah, it's been been all indicators from from the team the, so far, and uh, the reporters like our colleague Tom Honderichard who are covering spring training. I know that we. We're just kind of waiting on our press passes to be approved, Craig. We're uh, we're all saying that Kesson's been getting a ton of work at first base, which I don't think they'd be doing if, if it wasn't the plan.
1: Yeah, no, I do think that's the plan. And But I just wanted to point this out that since, <laughs> since Prince Fielder was our starting first baseman in uh, 2011 opening day, the Brewers have had 10 different first basemen in 10 different opening days since then. Can you believe that? Hey, for – for
0: entertainment's sake, Scotty, let's uh, why don't you try to name them. I'll do
1: it. No. Go try to get as many as you can, and then uh, I've oh. got the list in front of me. So. The okay, thing is, so though, we cra- haven't had the
2: cra- too many bad I, – I guess I shouldn't say that. we. I mean, we've definitely had some bad first basemen during that time, but we've also had times where we've made the platoon really, really work. I mean, didn't we have a Thames-Agyar Aguiar Platoon at one wait, wait. point Scotty. that was pretty awesome
0: Scotty, for a little bit. Scotty, don't give it. Don't give away the answers. I'm going to try to get this in a second. Oh.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. No, I mean, uh, wait till you see the list. It's pretty bad, Scott. But there are some uh, some highlights of it. But anyway, um,
0: yeah, Vince. I guess all right. So t- try to rattle off ten different first basemen in ten years. So, okay, so Prince was 2011. Uh, oh my God, 2012. Did we start the year with Corey Hart as Tra- with Travis? Ishikawa, do you want me to give the answer exactly? right
1: away, or do you want to just try to name? Um, I'm just I'm try to just name as many teams. of the ten as you can, and I'll, I'll fill. Okay, okay. It. I'll go Corey, over the list. I'll then.
0: just try to start throwing out some names: Corey Hart, Travis Ishikawa, Alex Gonzalez, uh, Unieski Betancourt, Sean okay, Halton.
1: So, so so far, out of, uh, out of the ten, Alex Gonzalez did start first base at the opening day of of 2013.
0: <laughs>
1: but none of the other guys. Okay.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, Chris Carter, Adam Lynn, Mark yeah. Reynolds. For sure, Eric Thames, Jesus Aguiar. uh, boy, who am I missing here? Oh, I you got take hey, Justin uh, Smoke from last year. Oh yeah, Justin Smoke. Yeah, good, good call, Scotty. He was uh, really yeah, good. Justin, <laughs> Justin, Smoke. Um, I, I, I guess I'm. I think Brawn. you got almost Brawn, all of. Um,
1: you, you were missing. Okay. You were missing, Braun. Uh, in 2000. Braun oh, started. A, Two thousand eighteen oh, really? and uh, Adam um, Lind in two thousand fifteen and Lyle Overbay in two thousand fourteen and Gamel in twelve.
0: Oh. So here's here here's oh, the list. Oh okay okay. I thought I said yeah. Lind. I think, but okay.
1: Oh you did okay. Two thousand twelve, Matt Gamel. Two thousand thirteen, Alex Gonzalez. Two thousand fourteen, Lyle Overbay. Two thousand fifteen, Adam Lind. Uh, two thousand sixteen, Chris Carter. Two thousand seventeen, Eric Thames. Two thousand eighteen, Ryan Braun. Two thousand nineteen, Jesus Aguilar. And 2020 Justin Smoke and 2021, presumably Kestin Hira. So I know that the decision to let Prince sign with someone else and us to sign Ron the a long-term contract was presumably a good call, obviously. But uh, especially with, with what happened to Prince, but boy, this is I don't this is ridiculous. Like to not have yeah. two consecutive good. years with the same starting for and and, and I want to say that we're going to continue this streak to 11 years because I think in 2022, Kessner will start the first game as a DH. That's a great
0: point. Yeah, Dave. that makes sense. So there,
2: there,
0: there was a joke for many years, and I'm sure you guys remember it, um, but for, for those of our younger listeners, that until Aramis Ramirez, um, the Cubs had a different third baseman, like every opening day for like 20 years or something. It's I mean, like, Scott, Ryan you could have your Santa intern look it up. So, yeah, between like Ron Santo. No, seriously, between Ron Santo, uh, who obviously was a baseball, who was a Hall of Famer and played many years at third base, and Aramis Ramirez, who gave them some consistency, uh, there was a different third baseman like every year. Opening day, spring training for the or uh, opening day for the Cubs. So that I hope that the the Brewers' first base situation doesn't tr- turn into like the next joke. Uh,
2: yeah, among well,
0: baseball teams so nice. and positions.
2: Well, that's <laughs> right? the thing though first base isn't even our worst position for the last decade. I mean I don't know. Have we had a good shortstop in the last decade? Who is our best? Like well, maybe a I, year I mean, Segura?
0: Yeah, Segura yeah. Was, was an all-star. I mean, Segura made the all-star team I think as a brewer. But yeah, I, Hernandez. I will say I will. yeah, Hernandez did too. But I will say that to, to, to Arcea's credit, he did have a pretty decent year last year. You know, I, you know a, a sees any kind of. Uh, in fact, know, didn't he? Didn't he have the highest size. batting
1: average of any regular at like two sixty something? He did.
0: Yeah, he did. He did. Which is really ridiculous. So was too, yeah, yeah. yeah. I
1: don't know how we made the playoffs this
2: year, boys, but anyway, we did. So.
0: Um, <laughs> mm. Thanks, Commissioner Manfred.
2: And here's we're gonna be a trivia question for the next like fifty years because we're basically the worst team in the history of baseball to so, like at least record-wise to make the playoffs. So that's good. I mean, pretty <laughs> much, right?
0: That's, I think, very true. Has there
2: been any team, like, below, under 500 that made the playoffs before? like, that won, like, a really crappy division? There know. was the... You'd uh, think there was, but...
0: There was the Royals of 19, I think, 81. 81 or something. Which was a strike-shortened season, so they did the... That's the year that the Brewers also made the playoffs because they won the half, and essentially the strike wiped out, you know, a decent number of games, so they had to do two halves, and then those half winners played each other basically is, is my yeah, understanding of it. That. That,
1: yeah, and, that's right. But besides but, that, that was the only other time. Yep.
0: Yeah, but the Royals uh I think were the only other yeah the only other team besides the Brewers last year. Huh.
1: So anyway, so, before we get to our Rapid Nine segment, I was gonna throw out there uh what just a general question we'll start maybe uh well we can go around the horn with this will be our added first question of the Rapid Nine or something. What are you most excited about for the 2020 Milwaukee Brewers baseball season?
2: That um, they'll be playing. Is that enough? Perfect. That's a great
0: answer. No, nope, same, same, same exact answer actually. I am so excited that we're going to get a full season of baseball. I was relieved a couple uh, weeks ago when uh, the commissioner's office and the Players Association announced that the season would start, that there would be uh, 162 games scheduled. Nothing was going to be reduced. I still hate the fact that they're changing certain rules, like the the pinch runner next extra innings and all that stuff, or the, I'm sorry, the runner on second base next extra innings. But, um, you know, overall, I'm just excited that there's going to be a full season of baseball. I think it's um, exciting. And, and one, one item that we forgot to mention so far here on the podcast, I think it is worth talking about, is that, uh, the Brewers actually submitted a plan to the Milwaukee County health uh, authorities to to have a uh, 35% capacity of the stadium uh, full on opening day. So uh, obviously not where things are in normal years, but 35% is obviously much better than 0% like it was last year from my perspective. And uh, I know the Bucks just got approved for 10% capacity um, that's indoors. And, you know, maybe another six weeks from now, uh, on opening day, we're going to have a lot more shots in arms, uh, I think would be the idea. But um, the Brewers put in for 35%. Still to be determined if the Milwaukee Health Commissioner is going to settle at that uh, percentage.
2: Um, yeah, it would be great. This offense I... needs a shot in the arm. And it's not going to be Travis Shaw. <laughs> Sorry. I'll let it go hate... now. But I did actually want to point out one more thing. Um, I actually also praised Orlando RCA last year for having a, a, a good year, especially considering that, like, every other offensive player – was like woefully below their, their <laughs> expectation. Um, but he had a war of point two, So he basically sucked. So <laughs> well, no, Orlando was, was better less than like, like bad he just Orlando RCA. Yeah. but he was still bad. He, was he just sucked
0: good. less than others.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He wasn't bad. He just wasn't good.
1: I mean, when I found out RCA was coming back for this year, I was actually kind of glad. I, I mean, he was a top prospect of ours. He, he probably is not, you know, as good as people thought he was going to be. But with that being said, he has been a part of three straight Brewers playoff teams, and he usually performs really well in the playoffs. So, I mean, you got to give the guy some credit. I really think he could even ha- make another step up this year with his production. I mean, I always saw him someone who had have enough power to have about 20 home runs a year. And if he can keep that batting average in that range, that's still a solid starting shortstop in the major leagues, in my opinion. Well, we should also –
0: well, we should also point out that he does play pretty stellar defense. I mean, I think that that's really his value uh, for the team. And yeah. uh, to me, any offensive contribution from Arcia is a bonus. The problem is, is that, like Scotty pointed out, when you when you surround him with uh, with other guys that can't hit very well, then it doesn't work out. You know, you don't if you have a first baseman that can't hit and a third baseman that can't hit. Um, that's not a good good formula when you also have a shortstop who's a defensive minded guy. So, to me, the problem isn't Arcia. The problem is that we don't have a a third baseman uh, who's got a track record within the last two or three seasons. And we've got a guy playing first base now who is a great hitter who um, just, we're not sure what he could do at first defensively, but you know, there's just so many question marks around the infield right now. I, you know, I hope that Matt Arnold and David Stearns know what they're doing, but to me, I, I was frustrated. I was, I was a little puzzled in the 2019 to 2020 off season. And I would say I'm a little, uh, frustrated would be the word for this offseason, the 2020, 2021 off season. So I hope I'm wrong. And David Stearns to his credit has, has proven doubters wrong, you know, routinely throughout his, you know, five or six years in Milwaukee. So I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt still, but um, it, there are some things that I think bear questioning at this point.
1: I will say I'm actually less frustrated this offseason than I was last. I just because I think that I, I think it's, I think that Antonasio, as an owner and overall organization, they're doing a little bit of a reset year. They've made the playoffs three straight years, but they really need some guys that bounce back years and they need to see what they have in some of the young players or even the players that they acquired in the big trade last off season, uh, Luis Urias and Eric Lauer. I think they need to get some more MLB experience to see what they have in those guys whether or not You move forward without them or with them. And so this doesn't seem like a year that we're really primed to, um, you know, to for sure make a deep playoff or any playoff run for that manner. But with that being said, uh, and before, maybe before we get the wrap now, we should talk a little bit about, um, you, know, uh, you know, what some of the site, the, the online people are saying, the Brewers still should be competitive in this division because no one else has really improved outside of maybe the Cardinals. In the division. Whatsoever. yeah so I think that we should still have, we should still be very competitive uh, for a potential division title. Well,
0: that's the thing, you guys, you know, we don't, have the ability to just reset without you know looking at the other guys in the division and when I see the Cubs offseason I see that they got worse and when I see every other team in the division got worse besides the Cardinals to me and uh, the Cardinals made one acquisition in Nolan Arenado and they lost Colton Wong so I yes I think that they've improved uh, for sure but I don't think that they're you know like a juggernaut that's unbeatable I think that the Brewers could compete if we made a couple moves and we're not that far away and, and we still have to take advantage of yellow Yelich, yellow, uh, you know, prime years under contract. Lorenzo Kane is only here for another two seasons. Um, so we've got guys that are under contract right now that we're paying a good amount of money to that. Josh Hader being another one of those guys that you want to, you want to extend this window, I think as far as possible. And I don't think the Brewers can afford to just have years where they just completely give up and they essentially see the division to a team that's not that much better than, than them. And in which some some national organizations, like you said, I think it's fan graphs that predicted the Brewers to actually have a greater amount of wins. And you, you try to build on that at that base. And, and when you can add, you should add. Uh, I get that it was a year that we didn't have any revenue coming in from fans and the stands, but every team in baseball is in the same position with that.
2: So I pulled up just just to give you a real quick small sample, but a quick overview. Fangrass has the Brewers at 79 wins as of now, um, which would be tied with the Cardinals atop the division. Yikes. Um, then the other one I pulled up, let's see. Okay. So Pocota, uh, says the Brewers will get 89 wins and win the division. And they have the Cubs at 85 and the Cardinals at 81. And then um, just for fun, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook has the Brewers at 82-and-a-half wins. Uh, they have the Cardinals at 86-and-a-half. So there's just a little, like, you know.
1: Those are, I mean, so there's some optimism there, obviously. And, and I think it really just shows how, how weak the other rest of the NL Central is. But also how the Brewers really do have possibly – the rotation starters for the first time in and in a long time that I can remember, with Woodruff and Burns. When I say their names, it reminds me of the guys who broke the Watergate scandal, uh, Woodward and Bernstein. But anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> all
0: the bre- all, all the brewers dead. I like it, Craig. <laughs> yeah,
1: but but uh, no, and, and not only that, but I mean. I didn't get to answer my portion of what I'm most excited about for the 2021 season, but I I agree with you guys. It's just that they're playing the full slate of games and playing it all, and that there'll be fans in stands, including me, hopefully, (laughs) at some point. Um, But the other thing I'm really excited about is that we're – instead of trading Hader, like I thought would happen, uh, instead we're going into the season with, in my opinion, the two bullpen arms in baseball, and Josh Hader and reigning rookie of the year, Devin Williams. I mean, we're going to have the best bullpen in baseball, period. So that's something that really could be valuable if we do get to the postseason season for sure. So uh, there's definitely plenty to get excited about. And, you know, looking at those numbers, I don't put too much weight in those preseason numbers, but it does give you an idea that, you know, what the other teams did. The Reds didn't do anything to improve. Um, The Cubs, I think, got worse and are possibly even close to a huge sell-off. The Pirates are the worst teams in baseball still. And that leaves the Cardinals. And if they didn't get Aaron Otto, I was I would even be more excited for the Brewers. And so, unfortunately, that happened. But uh, we're going to play the games. I feel like we're still almost as strong of a team as the Cardinals, even in spite of that move. So, um, it's, a, it's just, yeah, I, we'll see what happens. But it'll be exciting to be along for the ride, that's for sure. So.
2: Hey, I just thought of a great but horrible idea. Um, maybe we should put up a poll. Um, with some of our potential um, Major League Baseball road trip destinations and let our fans vote where we should go.
0: That's a great idea, Scott. I'm all for it. Craig, I know you're committed. Uh, I'll, I'll come commit to that as well. And um, I, I should point out quick, Scott, on the last poll that your interns put up, um, it was a couple of days ago. It says, today the Brewers announced they would try and start the season with a set of attendance at 35% capacity. Will you attend? Sixty-six percent of respondents said yes, absolutely. Five percent, no way. Twenty-one percent, yes if vaccinated, and eight percent depends on COVID numbers. Six hundred twenty-one uh, total votes.
2: Pretty exciting. Kind of
0: interesting. Kind of interesting. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. And uh, let's quick into yep, rapid so, nine
1: here, guys. Um, and again. Yep. We, Let's try to do this rapidly. Uh, Keep that in mind, Scott.
0: So here we go. Scott, take your take your time, Scott. The first
1: inning. Yes or no? Has Ryan Braun taken his last major league at bat? Scott,
2: who's leading off? Who's leading off? off. Scott will be a leadoff hitter today. Oh great! Big comeback. I'm too aggressive at the plate. I'm. I've never been a great leadoff hitter, but.
1: It's a 50 Um, question here, Scott. Yes or
2: no? Um, I'll say maybe. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) No, I don't think. um, uh, I think Braun is still going to play in the majors at some point.
0: Okay, I'll say no, he's not taking his last at bat. I I think that he understands his place in Franchise history. Uh, I think that he understands his place um, in the last with this current iteration of the Brewers, and I think that he'll want to come back and help uh, this team succeed. And it it may not be on opening day, but it you know at some point this year.
1: I'll also say no, he hasn't had his last major league at bat, but I don't think he'll come back till next year, and I'm not sure if it'll be with the Brewers. All right, second inning. Who gets the most? At bats and lead off in 2021 for the Brewers, Colton Wong or Lorenzo Cain? Scott.
2: Hmm, tough call. I'm gonna say Colton Wong. He's younger. He'll he'll probably be healthier. Um, I don't know. Plus Kane. Kane can, well, either one of them could be, like, you could just put them one or two. You could flip-flop them every day, and I wouldn't mind. But I'll, I'll give you an answer. I'll say Wong.
0: Okay, just to be different, I'll say Kane I think that he's got the track record with the Brewers to do it. Uh, yeah, I'll say Kane
1: All right. Um, I'm going to go with Wong just because, uh, you know, I think they'll be more right-handed. I'm not sure – I really think Christian Yelich should hit third, and here a fourth, and Kane there for a second on most days. So I'll go with Wong. Third inning. Um, who, which pitcher would you give the as a man as a Brewers manager? Which pitcher would you give the ball to now? That, uh, without knowing what's going to happen during the season, would you give the ball to in a uh, Single elimination game, wildcard game, whatever. Either Brandon Woodruff or Corbin Burns.
2: Yeah. Um I'll give it to Woodruff. Besides, he'll probably just, you know, um, score some runs on his own by hitting bombs or something, so <laughs>
0: uh, Craig, I I noticed you didn't put Brent Anderson on this list, but okay. Yeah. Um I'll go I'll go with Uh, Woodruff as well. Yeah, definitely Woodruff. I think he's got the track record of big games, as we saw in the uh, playoffs in 2018.
1: I'm going to go with Corbin Burns. I feel like after this full season uh, of stats comes in, it'll be clear that Corbin Burns is our best pitcher and Woodruff is a very close number two. All right, uh, fourth inning. Over, under on the number of uh, at-bats Luis Urias has this year. Over under four fifty,
2: Scott. Hmm, it's a good number. Um, if you would have asked me, I would have put him right about there. But um, I'm gonna. You That's know, when right. we made that trade, <laughs> it's like, um, as of right now, we got fleeced on that trade. But it's not over yet, you know. So. I think he's going to get over because I think that we're going to really try to um, um, give him every chance available to prove his worth.
0: Okay. I'll say over as well. He'll have 463 at-bats.
1: Yeah, I I think I'm going to go with over too. Just because I believe that the Brewers – I mean, Stearns traded for him, so the Brewers front office definitely wanted to acquire him and they gave up quite a bit to get him. Uh, so I really think he was a key to the deal for the Brewers, and I think that they want him in their lineup, Uh, and if he's successful this year, I think he'll be our starting shortstop starting in 2022, just, uh, and then we'll sign a different third baseman, other than Travis Shaw, hopefully, but anyway, all right, fifth inning. Who uh, Who will emerge as the Brewers' third best starting pitcher this season? Hmm. Boy, you're allowed to say Brad Anderson, but I I advise against it.
2: (laughs) 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 Um, I don't know. I, you know, Hauser has shown like flashes where he struck out a bunch of guys, but I'm gonna say. I'm going to say Josh Limum, I I really think he can do something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice guy. I
2: hope. I don't know. (laughs) Nice. Uh, I'm going
0: to be an eternal optimist and go with Freddie Peralta. I'd love to see Peralta develop into our, our big number three in that rotation behind Woodruff and Burns. And I think that, uh, he's got the arm to do it. If he can develop a pitch that, uh, that gets him through, you know, more than just the first few innings, I think he'd be really awesome in that role. I, I, I hope it happens. That's, I'm going to say Peralta.
1: I, I hope you're right, Vince. I really want to see him give him the opportunity. I think if he is given the opportunity, he'll get that. But for some reason I'm worried that they'll keep him in the bullpen. So I'm going to go off on my own direction. Just, I'll just randomly say. Jordan no? could, could Eric be Eric Lauer. Could be our, our Jordan Lyles of this year, but I'm going to go with Eric Lauer. Again, almost with that same thing. Not that the Brewers are trying to win that trade or anything, but I think that, again, they, they wanted they, – they actually acquired Lauer and I don't think he got much of an opportunity last year. You know, I think he started the year injured uh, in a year with COVID and only 60 games he didn't get the opportunity. I think they'll give him somewhat of an opportunity this year and maybe he'll run with it. So I'll go with that. Sixth inning. Okay, I can't read my own handwriting. Uh, um, guess. Guess the approximate number of fans at any single – the most number of fans that will be at a single game at AmFam Field in 2021, formerly known as Miller
2: Park. Well, this is – it is a baseball question, but not much of one. And without getting too crazily into it, I'll say –
0: Twenty <laughs> thousand. So I'm going to be way more. Op- I didn't ask. I'm going to be way more op-
1: Insurance.
0: I'm going to be way more optimistic, guys. I, I'm going to, you know, I don't want to jinx it, but the COVID numbers have been really good, uh, going in the right direction the last month. I, you know, I, I see more people are getting vaccines. I think that um, that 35 percent capacity thing is just a start. I, I, I think that sometime after the all-star break, we're going to see a sellout again at Miller park or I'm sorry, AmFam field wow. and, and things are going to get back to normal at some point, sooner That'd rather than awesome. later. And I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's going to happen at some point in the second half. Uh don't know when, but I'll go optimistically and say a sellout.
1: Wow. That's awesome. I hope that's true. Um, I'll, I'll just say 75% capacity, which I'll, I'll just say it's around 31,000. Let's see. All right. Seventh inning. Will the Milwaukee Brewers trade Josh Hader by the end of 2021?
2: Really depends on where this team is at, but based on everything, um, I think at the trade deadline, we're still going to be Kind of in it. So I'm going to say now when you say end of 2021, <laughs> yep. end of the 2021 season, season the or hand. calendar year? Calendar year. Ooh. Okay, then he's gone.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep, me too. I don't think it'll be during the season. I think it'll be in the off season. Then again, turns waits a long time. So, um, yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, right. So it could be 2022 off, uh, like in January or something. Um, uh, officially I'll say, yes, he's gone. I still, I'll I agree with you guys. He's and I think, I think that's gone in to trade in November.
1: Yeah. I think I'll agree with you guys and say he will be gone by the end of the calendar year, 2021. I think that they'll, if the Brewers are contending or anywhere near contending, they'll keep them at the trade deadline, but then look to move them in the off season. So we shall see. Um, all right, eighth inning, you know, we mentioned all those projected wins and whatnots, uh, and I guess we'll, we'll still have, for our, our listeners, we'll still have our, um, you know, season preview podcast coming up toward the end of spring training and all that. Uh, I'd also like to have a, a podcast where we go over our top 30 future brewers as per tr- uh, tradition too. But uh, here, here's one. Uh, what you guys want to take the over and under on 83 wins of the brewers this year? You can give
2: your
1: guess on wins for a later podcast. Hmm, eighty-three,
2: huh? I will optimistically take the over. Not necessarily with this team, but um, you know, we we still might do something before the season. We could be buyers at the deadline, like. There's going to be a lot of teams that maybe aren't in it, that are tanking, maybe even teams in our division. So why not?
0: Yeah, I'll take the over as well. I'll say uh, 85 wins right now, but could still be improved upon.
1: All right. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you guys. I'm going to take a slight over on that, uh, that uh, the Brewers will, will exceed 83 wins, hopefully. Again, 2021 year. Year of optimism, hopefully. All right. Uh, ninth inning. What MLB stadium is at the top of your bucket list as far as still left to visit?
2: Mm. Fenway. Good good, good pick. Um,
0: I'm going to go with the most recent stadium. I'm going to go with the uh, Rangers ballpark at Globe Life Field in Dallas. Uh, so, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of excited to visit that or Arlington, I suppose. But, yeah, I'm excited to visit that. Uh, hopefully sometime this year. Um, Seattle's a, a close number two of stadiums I, I really want to get to. Nice.
1: Uh, mine's actually Fenway, too, Scott. Maybe we should plan some. Oh. But, uh, no, because, uh, yeah, we didn't I been out there, it's it's obviously a historic place, and I like its unique features with the Green Monster and everything like that. Uh, I should point out that Scott and I actually, in uh, I think Spring Break 2013, did see the replica of it in Fort Myers at the at the um, Red Sox Spring Training facility, but it wasn't as uh, impressed as impressive well, as Fenway itself.
0: Thanks, thanks for the invite, guys. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I think I was out of the country, but. Um, if, uh, if nothing, I've been to Boston once, and that was years ago. Uh, so I'd be excited to go back. And, guys, I'm, I'm happy to play a tour guide like we normally do on our road trips. And I have to get to the gray sites of John Adams and, and John Quincy Adams, which are both located about eight miles outside of Boston in uh, Quincy, Massachusetts. So, Craig, if you can drive us there, that'd be great.
2: That shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Quick side note, too. um, Seattle Stadium. I went there two years ago and did the stadium tour. Beautiful stadium, and the people I was with did not want to go to a game. So, really, I did the tour. It's all I could get.
1: Nice. Well, they still got that in. I think that's still counting. Yeah, it was great though. Stadium. Nice. All right, I'm going to throw this out there just because I know it'll excite all the people, uh, uh, all of our great longtime listeners of West Dallas. Um, uh oh. 10th inning option. Throw out the over under on the date that Scott Bartell moves back to Wisconsin, possibly West Dallas, as September 29th, 2021. Over under. Let's <laughs> let, let Scott go last.
0: Vince, you'd go. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, there's rural postal routes in Grafton, uh, so <laughs> I'd say that this could happen sooner rather than later. I mean, if Scott finds a house,
2: never has an mail agent in Wisconsin. He,
0: oh, okay. Well, um, <laughs> my hope is that our listeners, including the bar owner at Benno's, could help Scott land a job in the Milwaukee area, and he can move back to Grafton sooner rather than later. Um, I'll say that he comes back to Grafton around the same time that full attendance is allowed at Ampham Field in Milwaukee. So I'm going to say August of
1: 2021. Nice.
0: Under. I'll take the over, but
1: I'm still hopeful it'll happen by the end of this cal- this calendar year. Or so, But uh, I just know that Scott isn't really st- – too quick with his decision making so I'm just gonna give him a little bit more
2: time and I think I think it'll, it'll happen though so hopefully it's true we I need a lot of things to go right in order for that to happen I think but um I I would probably take the over just like if I was in Wisconsin I would I would say oh well I'm not really going anywhere so uh we'll
0: do you remember when Craig and I helped you to pack up your stuff and move out your last night in Wisconsin
2: uh, yeah, years we, ago? Yeah, um, we taped, we taped- the, um, yeah, the last segment of Crew uh, V the Movie, which, by the way, if yeah. you guys are interested in a copy of that, um, yeah. this is just for our listeners right now. Um, if you want a copy of it, um, I will either get Craig to somehow send you a DVD of it or possibly post it on like YouTube or something like that for you. But only if you yeah. you'd have to like reach out to us at Twitter Brew Crew view One or um send an email somewhere. I don't know.
0: <laughs> brew Review podcast. Would have yeah, if you're interested we can mail a copy of, of the
1: movie. Either we can mail it to you in D V D or if you'd like we can. um it is highly uh, none of the <laughs> I don't think it's on YouTube because it's got a lot of copyrighted music in it, but whatever.
0: Well, um, it's, God, also, uh, it's also it's also available also available at your local Walmart, I believe as well. But yeah, we have um, box
1: that's there. But
0: uh, yeah, of
1: course. But uh, no, uh, we could get it through through a Dropbox or something like that, so you can watch the MP3 on your computer.
0: Well, well, well. Actually, what I was going to say though, Scott, is that night that we helped you move, you gave me uh, I think some of the remnants of your kitchen, including like your spices. I think I still have some of those, and they're in storage. Uh, in Wisconsin, oh. and so if you wanted those back, I could give those to you upon moving back to oh. back to
2: Wisconsin. So, oh, that's good. Yeah, I could use that. Would be pretty much all I need, yeah. I think.
0: Just add, an added incentive,
2: other than a place like to live and like all new furniture. Lamp
1: that belongs to you too. I mean,
2: it's if you still have that lamp, I want it.
1: It's pretty that's smashed. <laughs> <time I've ever. laughs>
2: what? But besides that, I and mean, L- lamp was an iconic like part of my childhood. <laughs> it was incredible. It was like it was a swag lamp before people knew what swag was. <laughs> well, I did not know that. Scott has an added incentive.
0: there's a lot of good beer, good cheese, and uh, people are very friendly and uh, Benno's is nearby, and there's a liquor store in downtown West Dallas that that gives you cases of Dobb for like three bucks. so
2: Oh, by the way. Um, tonight's episode was brought to you by 88 Keys, located uh, across the street from the studio in West Dallas. No, that's um, not there anymore, Scott. Sorry. Well, they're, well, they're still, still sponsoring the, it. They still
0: paid for the so, ad. That's probably why they went on of business. Yeah, we, oh. we have a
2: contractual obligation. So 88 Keys, and um, <laughs> it says here that uh, the... Will occasionally play piano, and the bur games will not be allowed on their television. So I don't know why they would. It's just a weird, you know. Sometimes people don't do research when they pick their advertising, but we're happy to have them. So thank you, eighty-eight.
0: Keys. You do you have to mention
1: Swords and Dreams still every podcast. Like,
2: remember? When uh, Craig,
0: Craig, Craig, Craig. That's for our next taping. They didn't pay yeah, last week.
2: Yeah. Well, that one's in. We'll have to scratch that one off the list. Oh, well. What about that bookstore? Is it still open?
0: Alma? Yeah, she's still there. She's oh, never leaving.
2: And uh, their tagline is, what, F the fire codes?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fire codes mean nothing in aisle five. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well.
2: It's a great place, uh, though. And it, was. it was a great place.
0: It actually was a great place. Yeah. Well, oh, well,
2: well, we're still looking for a sponsor opportunity. So, you know, you can reach out to us at the aforementioned whatever. You know, yep. But uh, for now, 88 keys, we'll see how long they last. We want to keep these sponsors, keep them happy.
0: <laughs> Good to have you back, Scotty. <laughs> we yep. missed you. What's <laughs> Alice missed you?
1: All right. Oh, wait. There's Chad. I see him in the waiting room.
0: Hey, Chad. Hey, thanks for
2: Hey, well, let's I'm just sure. wrap Chad,
0: this thanks. thing up. Okay, that's fine.
2: Yeah.
1: All right, All right well, guys. Let's, let's hope for a full slate of Milwaukee Brewers baseball this year so we can get to our 83-plus wins. And stay classy, West Dallas, and go Brewers.
0: Go Brewers. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, Scotty. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Peter. Go Brewers. All right. Go Brewers. do do do